Hello, this is Justin Williams. I'm also with co-host and editor of TheWolfPacker.com, Matt Carter. And today, we are going to look ahead to NC State football's next game. I know the season did not end, contrary to popular belief, with the win over Clemson last Saturday. Yes, it was the high point of the season. Yes, it's hard to imagine things getting even more exciting from here, but they still could and there's still more opponents on the schedule, so we're going to talk a little bit about Louisiana Tech. We're also going to talk a little bit about the men's basketball team, which had its media day two days ago on Monday, September 27th. We are recording this on Wednesday, September 29th. And before we dive into all things Wolfpack Athletics... A reminder for the listeners and viewers at home, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, this is very important. Subscribe to our YouTube channel right now. You guys have done a great job of listening to me when I ask you to subscribe. So thank you to everyone that has already subscribed to the Wolfpacker. We are on the goal line. We are in, you know, third and inches from reaching our goal of 1,000 subscribers. We are 40 people short. Now look, I know how many people listen to this podcast, and if at least one in every hundred of you listen, we're going to get to that goal very, very, very soon. So please, please, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Wolfpacker YouTube channel, if you haven't already. Give this video a thumbs up, and please comment. It helps us out a ton, and we can't thank you enough to our subscribers already. But if you know a Wolfpack fan that isn't subscribing already, doesn't listen to this podcast, recommend the show if you like us. Tell them to subscribe, and they won't regret it. All right, Matt, let's talk football. I mean, how do you um, – it's tough to look ahead to Louisiana Tech after the excitement of this past weekend. It, it seems like if only the season could just end from here and then everybody just goes off and into, uh, into the mist. But um, Louisiana Tech, this, this seat on paper – I mean, it has every bit of a letdown opportunity. It's a game where NC State should clearly win. NC State is clearly the better team. NC State is, the last I checked, a 20-point favorite. It was, I think it started a little bit below that. And, of course, excited NC State fans and national college football fans that watched the Wolfpack beat Clemson in dominating fashion. or Not dominating fashion, but, I mean, they clearly beat Clemson. This past weekend, probably a little excited about the Wolfpack, betting the Wolfpack with that near three touchdown spread. But here's the thing, there's still an FBS program, and if this NC State team sleeps on Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs could make things interesting on Saturday. So is that kind of what you think of Louisiana Tech going into this game? How much of a threat is this Bulldog squad to NC State? Yeah, I, I think the first thing we probably need to do is, is get out of, you know, think don't put them in the category of South Florida and Furman. They're not. They're better. Um, they're very close to being 4-0 and right now. They blew a 20-point lead to Mississippi State with like, you know, what, 12 minutes to go in that game. And they lost on a Hail Mary to SMU. So they're that close to being four and zero. Now the, the flip side of that is they're not far from being zero and four either. I mean they 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 beat Southeastern Louisiana from the FCS ranks by three points and beat North Texas over the weekend. Um, 
by a touchdown, North Texas is not considered one of the better teams in Conference USA this year. So, so kind of a you know, probably two and two is probably a, an accurate representation of what their record should be at this point. But, um, but they're not far from being four and zero with a couple of real nice wins uh, on its belt. And they have a lot of transfers, a lot of guys who have played major college football, including the quarterback who we'll get into, Austin Kendall, who may or may not play. So, um, you know, on the coaches show, Tony Gibson said this is a better offense than Clemson. They're averaging 35 points per game. So this might be the first time we can think about the defense getting a little bit of a test from an opposing offense. I guess Mississippi State was kind of a test as well um but you know i, I like there's a game entry state should win it's a game entry state probably should be favored healthy there are question marks about austin kendall and his availability so that adds to it um but obviously the main storyline is can you avoid the letdown can you avoid the nc state stuff can you come out ready to play and bring it to Louisiana Tech from the outset, from the opening kickoff. Don't sleepwalk. Like what we talked about with Foman, right? Don't sleepwalk. Um, can you do that? And can you come ready to play and play a good game? And easy to say yes. And they're talking the right game this week. Um, but that's easy to say and easy to talk about. Can you actually do it? Can can you focus? You know, there's a lot of a lot of accolades, a lot of pats on the back this week about beating Clemson. I mean, we're still talking about it Wednesday. You know, I mean, as it, as we should, it's the biggest win of Dave Doran's nine-year tenure at NC State, Un, unquestionably. I don't care how Clemson finishes; Clemson could lose every game from here on out. It's still the biggest win in Dave Doran's tenure because it's Clemson. He hasn't beaten Clemson yet. It's a, it's a rival. It's the second rival behind North Carolina in football. Um, they've been the kings of the ACC. It, it's worth the praise. Now, the main thing is that that praise should be continuing in the media, outside of the locker room. I hope the celebration is not continuing inside the locker room because I don't know who reported it. I don't know where it came you know, onto social media, but I saw that Drake Thomas talked to the locker room after the Clemson game saying, Look, we started this season. Our goal wasn't beat Clemson and then pack up our bags and move on, and you know that's it. Our our goal was to win an ACC championship. Now this game doesn't have any necessary doesn't have any weight on whether or not NC State's going to win the ACC championship or not, or even win the Atlantic Division. Which, I mean, look, NC State is in the driver's seat for that. It controls its own destiny. If it wins out, it's gonna going to win the Atlantic Division because it'll have a perfect record in the ACC. <laughs> Don't expect that, but um, if it can go 7-1, and 6-2, and two, it's got a pretty darn good chance. Uh, that said, I like the mentality of this NC State team. I, in most years, with a less mature roster, I think this has um, disappointment opportunity here. A, l- a lot of past NC State teams you could see maybe having a big upset over a Florida State or, or a Clemson or you know some other big-name program, and then the following week goes and drops an egg against the team that it probably should have beaten. Um, 
first of all, it's a good thing that this isn't like a mediocre ACC road game. Like th- this would have been the worst time to face Boston College for a noon kickoff. That's that's where the sleepwalk potential could be. But this is going to be in Carter Finley Stadium. I like to think that the crowd's going to be pretty solid, considering NC State just beat Clemson, and it's the prime time of weather and you know football weather in Raleigh. So it should be a pretty nice day. What is it? A, it's a night game too, so that helps. Um, so I like to think that the crowd and just the mentality of the team and going into a night game, it's not going to have sleepwalk mentality. Um, but a couple things you mentioned made me laugh, Matt. They're 2-2, <laughs> two and two, but they're really close to being 4-0, but they're also really close to being 0-4. If I didn't know better, I'd think you were talking about an NC State team from years past because that just sounds like, well, they could have lost all those games. They could have won all of them, too, and here they are at 500 record. Um, yeah, in the, case of, in the case of Louisiana Tech, that really, really is true, though. It's kind of fluky, the two games they lost with the greatest comeback in Mississippi State school history and then to lose on a Hail Mary. Um, that's kind of like, that's beyond, right? That's like, really, how did we lose those two games? Maybe you know. that, that's Louisiana Tech stuff, I guess. Um, yeah. So every game that they've been in has been a one possession margin. Yeah, I mean, literally, they you know they, they they had a field goal to try to beat Mississippi State at the end after they lost the lead, the twenty point lead. They were up thirty four to fourteen, I believe, in that game. Uh, beat Southeastern Louisiana 45-42. Lot, they were up on SMU and gave up the Hail Mary at the end of the game. They were up 37-33, lost 39-37, and then, of course, uh, beat North Texas 24-17. A couple of things that stand out. Hey, they played long football games, which has me worried because I was just looking at this. Three of their four games have been over three hours and 45 minutes. Um. And for Matt, who well. has a, for Matt's bedtime of uh, 9.30 p.m., that's going to be tough. Yeah, for real. That's like uh, to cover that. Um, and you can see why. They, don't, they they got a good running back. I think he just transferred from Appalachian State, Marcus Williams. Um, but they don't have much of a running game, even with Marcus Williams. They average about 127.5 yards per game, uh, 3.7 yards per carry. Yeah, they they make their bread and butter throwing the football. Uh, they're averaging almost 200, 270 yards almost a game throwing the football. So that's where Austin Kendall comes into play. He did not play against North Texas. And if you heard me listing those scores, you know, going 35, 34 points, 45 points, 37 points, and then Austin Kendall doesn't play and they scored 24 points. So um, you have to – that's why his – Availability key. Austin Kendall is a guy NC State knows well. They loved him out of high school. He's a Charlotte area kid. They recruited him hard. He picked Oklahoma. Um, you know, he lost out to one of those 18 Heisman Trophy winners that Oklahoma has had at quarterback over the last few years and transferred to West Virginia. He beat NC State as West Virginia's quarterback a couple years ago at West Virginia. And it was giving up football, apparently. They didn't make the NFL, so he was ready to move on with life. And um, But he had the extra year of eligibility because last year everything froze. 
And Louisiana Tech came calling. He thought about it. In the middle of the summer, decided to give one more year of college football. So he's an established Power 5 quarterback playing at Louisiana Tech. And from talking to people at Louisiana Tech, they think if he's healthy, they could win Conference USA this year. Um, but the other reason why that game goes so long and why this game sets up well for NC State is Louisiana Tech can't stop anybody. And they've given up. A lot of yards this year. They're giving up 485 yards a game of total offense. How, ma- so, how many of those yards are rushing yards? It's pretty balanced. I mean, it's 147 a game rushing. Teams are averaging 4.4 yards a temp. They're also giving up 338 yards passing per game. Um, wow. Uh, it's... It, you kind of, if you're a good passing team, you can throw it. If you're a good running team, you might be able to run it. So, you know, after facing Clemson, this will be a nice um, a game for uh, NC State's offense, you know, to kind of get a breather back. You know, one small thing to watch for is how fresh is the offense. They played so much, and Dave Dorn said that on Tuesday, you could tell the offense looked a little sore, was a little tired, particularly those offensive linemen from having to play really over 100 snaps when you count the penalties and the, uh, the snaps that don't officially count because there was a flag on the play. So they really were on the field for over 100 snaps. So, um, but this is a game where NC State should be able to move the football and pile up some points. And it's just a matter of getting a few stops. And we know their defense is capable of that. Yeah, I mean, to me, this seems like a, Maybe more passing in the first half. Devin Leary gets a couple early first half touchdowns. Second half, you'd like to think that you've got at least a couple touchdown lead, and then you give it to your running backs, let them have a big game. You know, maybe Bam or Ricky goes for over 100 yards, the other goes for over 50, and both of them find the end zone somehow. It, it has the feel of that type of game because the running backs performed so well in that Clemson game, and yet. You know, statistically, they weren't really rewarded. I mean, against that defense, like we were talking about on the last podcast, averaging about four yards a carry. If you're, what, they have about 30 carries between Bam and and Ricky in that Clemson game. You know, if you're averaging about four carry, both of them, you know, between 50 and 100 yards, no touchdowns, but solid performance from each of them. You'd like to think that the coaching staff is going to reward them with some quality touches in this game get those stats back up against the defense, which they can certainly score against. Uh, The other thing that you said to me that I found funny, and I think this takes me to another point. We don't have to dwell too much on Louisiana Tech here. I want to look a little bit big picture. But Tony Gibson saying that Louisiana Tech's offense is better than Clemson's offense. I mean, in what world? If I would have told you, Matt, four weeks ago, that Louisiana Tech is going to be more of an offensive threat to NC State than Clemson, you would ask me what I'm smoking out here in California. (laughs) Fast forward four weeks, and that's a popular opinion. Everybody thinks Clemson's offense sucks, and it it does, frankly. But, I mean, can we also look at – can we also acknowledge that it's faced some pretty tough defenses too? NC State's defense performed – 
It executed super well on Saturday. The first game Clemson played was against Georgia, which, I mean, literally has an NFL defensive line. I mean, all of those guys will be playing on Sundays. That I think Georgia might have the best defense in the country after watching them in Alabama a couple different times. You know, throughout the Georgia Tech game, I, I don't know what to make of Georgia Tech's defense, but clearly it shut down Carolina to, what, 20-something points. We know Carolina has a good offense, so... You know, are people making too much? Uh, here's my question for you, Matt. Hmm. Doesn't it seems like the national media and even the local media? I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about the Raleigh media in general. It seems like it can't make up its mind about is NC State really good and it performed well and it won a big game, or does Clemson just suck this year? And you know, now it's a matter of NC State, you know, figuring it out the rest of the season because. I think both things can be partially true, but from the game that I saw on Saturday, Clemson wasn't a bad team. Clemson was still a good team. NC State just executed better. It made the plays. Clemson's not an elite team. And uh, that's where people think confused. Uh, they suck. They're just not elite. But like there's like been. five elite. There's five elite teams in college football. And Maybe. Clemson's been one of those for six, seven years now, like even longer. I mean, even before, I mean, there were, there were a couple of years where I think they won an Orange Bowl, or maybe beat LSU in a bowl game when Florida State was playing in the playoff or something to that effect. So they've been elite for so long that when they are not elite, we think they suck. When they really they get from elite to being a good team. And they could still maybe be a very good team. They are not going to be an elite team this year. It's just not in the cards for them. They don't have the offensive line to pull that off. The quarterback play not where it needs to be to pull that off. Um, so, and to, to answer your question, is that, yeah, that's kind of the catch of, yeah, eventually they beat Mississippi State. You know, maybe people feel differently. Um, but I, I think the combination of how NC State performed at Mississippi State how Clemson had performed against Georgia Tech, not necessarily Georgia, but against Georgia Tech. And it's maybe skewed the perception of the outcome against Clemson. I will also add this, look, yeah, these coaches are trying to get entry state players' attention this week, right? They want their full attention this week. To, they don't want a letdown. So, it's just a small chance, maybe, or maybe a gigantic chance that Tony Gibson doing some coach speak here to get their attention about Louisiana Tech and the offense. So I would always, you know, put a little caveat on, you know, they're playing Louisiana Tech this week. So uh, you got to find, find ways to motivate after playing Clemson. Uh, and winning a double overtime classic. So I guess if you're so Tony, there might be a little bit of that going on. If you're Tony Gibson, you know, something tells me that he can say that a little bit more comfortably knowing the fact that NC State won't have to face Clemson again until 2022. Um, yeah. Can't imagine That's he'd good. be saying this this type of thing uh, two weeks ago. So uh, just, yeah. an, just an interesting comment, but last question on um, football before we move on to men's basketball here briefly. You know, the, the NC State's now ranked 23rd in the country. Uh, expectations seem to be elevated. The fan base is super pumped. 
you can you can taste the excitement on social media from fans. I'm sure the environment in Raleigh right now is electric. I'm sure it was an exciting weekend on campus. And, you know, rightly so. I think NC State fans are looking at the rest of the schedule saying, if this NC State team can execute like it did on Saturday, there's not a game left that NC State can't win. And, you know, you look at you look at the standing situation in the Atlantic Division. I mean, yes, Wake Forest, you circle that game as a potential deciding game for the Atlantic Division. We don't know what's going to happen the rest of the year. We don't know if Wake's going to be this juggernaut team like we think. They beat, what, Florida State and Virginia. Not exactly the ACC juggernauts, but I'm not sure who the ACC juggernauts are this year other than maybe Clemson, NC State, and Wake Forest. Um, but but looking at the rest of the schedule, Matt, after the result against Clemson, we both predicted Clemson to win that game, although by a close margin. Mm-hmm. Looking back to our preseason predictions, you were 8-4 and four on this team. I was nine and three. Now, granted, I will admit I lowered that prediction back to eight and four after the Mississippi State <laughs> loss because my nine and three prediction was based on NC State going undefeated in that four-game non-conference slate. But now things sure. have changed and the results have been different from what we've expected. So, Matt, does your end-of-season record prediction change at all based on last Saturday's result? Yeah, uh, I mean, not naturally, I had them losing. I would, I, I correctly had them losing to Mississippi State. I did have them losing to Clemson. So if you were to go by that math, and and if I stuck to the rest of my predictions, you would say I, I would say nine and three. And I think I had them six and two, five and three in the ACC. So that would be six and two in the ACC. I did cost some people. Look, I, those road games against Boston College. And against Wake Forest, uh, I, I, I pick them. They pick them. That bad. I know ESPN FBI had, I uh, was looking at it the other day, Wake Forest has a favorite at home over NC State. Um, and and that, would, that would be the spread if that game was played this weekend. Wake Forest would be favored in that game. Yeah. I'm trying to look at the other ones here real quick, so bear with me. I mean, NC State was favored to win the rest there's of them. There's Florida State and Miami are the other two. Yeah, actually, I had it wrong. So Miami with the game that NC State, they give less than a 50% chance to win, and I didn't even mention that. I went on the road. They went for us, it's 55% chance to win. That's a pure, pure pick em, right? And Boston College, 59.6% chance to win. That's basically a pick them on the road. Uh, and you still got UNC at home. And the last two times they played UNC, it wasn't pretty. So I just gave you four games right there that are that basically 50-50 games right now. And at Louisville surprised some people this year. Syracuse just beat a pretty good Liberty team. They were very competitive against a halfway decent Rutgers team, so they're not as horrible as we thought they are going to be, and they got a good defense. So, when you play in Florida State on the road, so, that, so yeah, one game at a time is my my uh, uh, weak advice for, for NC State fans. One game. Look, I think that should be Louisiana Tech. I think it'll be a workman-like win on Saturday, but 
coming out of the bye. Boston College will have a bye next week. Uh, that is going to be a humongous game at BC on the 16th. And then you got to go on the road and play Miami a week after that. That'll be a huge game. And then you got the big game at Wake Forest in early November. So there's still a lot of big games. And nothing I've seen from NC State makes me chalk them up with wins yet. You know, maybe I'll change my tune then. So that's my long way of saying, yeah, I guess I would have to say nine and three if I stick to what I picked preseason. But, you know, I picked wins at Boston College and home against UNC and losses at Miami and Wake. You know, I could see any of those four games going anyway. I'm back on nine and three as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have to because I think when I was making my preseason predictions, I came up with nine and three because I thought NC State would go undefeated in the non-conference slate. I thought it would go one and two in the three what we thought as likely losses going into the season. The home games against Clemson and Carolina and the road game at Miami. I thought NC State would go one and two in that. Excuse me. Um, so, so far, I mean, they could lose those two other games still, and that could still be correct. And then I thought there would be one more loss out there amongst those road games, you know, whether it be Wake Forest or Boston College or Florida State or whoever else, maybe an unexpected home loss. That was how I came up with 9-3. and three. Of course, I was low on the pack after that Mississippi State loss. I'd like to think that that was just a bad game because the NC State team that we've seen through four games has looked a lot different in those other three games than it has in that one road game at Mississippi State. But the rest of those games have also been at home, so we don't really know what kind of road team NC State's going to be this year yet. They haven't. Yep. They, we we have we've only seen one road game, and it didn't go as well as people predicted. So I'm back to nine and three. Uh, the Miami game I see more as a toss-up now than I did before the season. I I agree with FPI. I thought, you know, going into the season, I thought Miami should be the favorite in that game. Now it's looking more like a pick em based on how Miami's playing, but I still think Miami's got talent and will get right to being a good team, a bowl team, a winning record team. And clearly Carolina's got some problems, although they reek of a team that, on any given week could play like a top five team in the country and on any given week could play like Syracuse. So yeah, <laughs> it just depends. And honestly, I think from what I've seen from them, it almost looks like they're a team that just gets up for certain games, for some games and not others type of deal. And, well, you know, uh, they'll get up for the NC State game. Clearly, Mac Brown has found the right keys to push when the Wolfpack are going to be on mm-hmm. the other sidelines. So... I wouldn't expect. Uh, I, I would expect a good Carolina performance for that game. But yeah, I'm, ba- I'm back to nine and three, and I'm with you, Matt. Fans, enjoy the win, and enjoy the excitement, enjoy all of the hype that the program is getting. I mean, there has been some great attention to this program, and not only is this win going to pay off, hopefully this season, but also in the seasons to come with just the recruiting impacts, Matt. I know you've had some great stories on the wolfpacker.com about maybe the recruiting impacts of this game and talking to some of the recruits that were at the game get their thoughts on it and if you want to go check out those stories use promo code is it pack 30 i know we have pack 60 on our um on our youtube video but i know there's a new promo code do you know it matt i think it might be rival 30 rivals 30. Um, that's it 
that's it. Use Rivals 30 if you want that free 30-day trial at thewolfbacker.com for the premium content, news, and analysis. Read those recruiting stories. But enough about football. I know everybody wants to talk about football, but we should briefly mention men's basketball. Yeah, that, that other sport that people might not want to talk about too much right now, but just just wait for the first letdown football loss, and then people want to start talking about basketball. So let's touch on it briefly. We finally got to talk to Kevin Keats for the first time in a while and some of the NC State basketball players during the Wolfpack's media day on Monday. Did anything stick out to you, Matt? I think it was a from my seat, it was a pretty generic media day. Keats excited about his team. Not surprising. What are you gonna I mean, what are you gonna say as a coach? I'm not excited about this team. No, I think I think this team sucks. I I don't I don't think this is an NCAA tournament contender. No, of course. Every every coach, even Boston College's coach, is excited about his team going into the season. Um but I still think there was some things to take away from the availability. So I'm curious to get your thoughts, Matt. What jumped out to you? Because uh, I know you were lurking in that press conference, even though I know you were working on some Dave Doran content because there were a ton of press conferences uh, Monday afternoon for the Wolfpack Press. So your thoughts, Matt. I, that's what stood out to me was um, a few things. One, Cam Hayes looked noticeably bigger, and that was kind of everybody was – Noticing that he said he's up to 180 pounds, went to finish stronger at the rim. Um, I thought he gained more than 10 what? pounds just like on the eye test. I mean, he his face looks wider. Yeah, so that kind of what stood out to me. Folks had to talk to Casey Morsell, and I, I think the the general feeling is that you know without they were trying to be very respectful of Virginia, but basically saying that this is a much better fit. For Casey Morsell than it was at Virginia, and you have to remind people, he was a top fifty recruit coming out of high school. You know, he was one of those guys that everybody wanted. So, if you're looking for your breakout guy, I think Morsell is a prime candidate. Um, there's a lot of excitement about Traquavion Smith's ability to score. So, and then a couple of other takeaways, more kind of off the court. That you know, they're all vaccinated. He, he said there was one guy who was not or one person that. Took, assuming the man, but one person who is not eligible yet to be vaccinated with, I didn't quite understand what that meant. I don't know if that's a, a, a child of a, of a coach or something. Yeah. I, was, uh, I saw on Twitter, somebody mentioned, is this tier one personnel person below the age of 12? And <laughs> I mean, so I'm wondering if a family of a coach, that's the only thing I can think. Um, hmm. But everybody else is obviously eligible. But the main thing is all the players are vaccinated. They're in good shape. As we've seen with college football, we've had zero postponements or cancellations so far. If the team gets vaccinated, you're in good shape to have an undisrupted season. And the numbers are going in the right direction with COVID anyway lately. So Hopefully, we're in a position where we can have a nice, normal college basketball season with crowds and the whole nine yards and not shuffling the schedule around every week, trying to rearrange games and wondering if a game's going to be played this week. Uh, and then secondly, how open and honest uh, Manny Bates was about that. Uh, he did consider leaving in Chief State, but it didn't go near as far as perhaps 
it was assumed in a lot of media places. He didn't meet with Coach uh, Keats and had a one-on-one conversation, thought about it for three or four days and decided why would he leave, basically. I, I mean, I think he came to the conclusion, I have it good here. I like the coaches. I like the team. Why would I leave? Um, which, is the, took- which is the correct conclusion, by the way. There was never, yeah. like, he's not going to get more opportunity anywhere else but NC State. He is the guy down low for them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you kind of wonder if it's a situation where he's frustrated not having been to the NCAA tournament and wondering, can I go to a Kentucky or something like that? Because if Manny Bates had hit the transfer market, he's playing for Kentucky or, or you know, heaven forbid, UNC or Duke or... Georgetown was the rumor. And George, and, and I mean, if yeah. you want to go get slaughtered by, what, True. Colorado in the first round of the NCAA tournament, be my guest, but... That's true. It was your time with the rumor, but I don't, but that's just still the uh, kind of they talked about that, and and Keach talked about it, and general acknowledgement that yeah, everybody looks at the trend. Everybody has to look at their options after the year, and, and yes, they many base looked at his options and decided his best option was at NC State. So, um, you know, we just have to be careful how those stuff gets out and how those rumors get out. You know, we weren't the ones that put the rumors out there. I subscribers may recall, and then when it did get out, I, you know, we were the ones that were being very cautious about. I don't don't jump to conclusions. It, it looks like he might leave, but it's not a certainty. Uh, time, you know, and that this it was one of those situations where I've been on this long enough, and Justin can tell you, I was telling him. You hear these rumors every single year in football and basketball. And 95% of them don't see the light of day. You know, we're dealing with 18 to 21, 22 year old men who are known to change their mind, <laughs> who are known to get emotional. Um, that still haven't quite had the uh, wisdom of age and experience quite yet. So, um, it happens. It just happens. So, um, unfortunately, that one got out probably when it would have been better off had it been kind of been more quieter. But that was one thing. That was just something me personally I took away. I think you hit it on the head with the word emotional. That was the sense that I got from Manny Bates. It's some, something, something must have happened. He was feeling some type of way, and he just needed to have a heart-to-heart with Kevin Keats smooth things over i think everything is good i don't expect any more drama or second thoughts i mean manny bates clearly is a guy that's bought into this program he has a great relationship with kevin keats and the coaching staff he says quote he's in love with this coaching staff he's con- i mean on social media it seems like all the players love him and off the court, he's just you know such a sweet guy, just a really great young man. When you talk to this guy, you, he's a guy you want to root for. So, um, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you just got to have a heart to heart and make sure uh, everybody's still on the same page and everybody has their best interests in heart. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, my my thoughts were the same as you. Terquavion Smith really seemed like the freshman everybody wanted to talk about, and Kevin Keats did say that. These freshmen, or at least one freshman, will crack the starting lineup this year, although it might not be early on. Probably similar to what we saw last year with Cam Hayes and Shaquille Moore in the sense that 
they eventually became starters, but it didn't happen until later in the season, although some of that had to do with injuries and just personnel availability. Uh, Terquavion Smith seems like that logical piece that could fit into the starting lineup, although personnel-wise, you look at Ernest Ross as a potential you know, forward or just a bigger body you could put at that small ball four position. Um, they kept calling Jericho Helms a big guard, maybe a, a, a rebrand there. Uh, mm-hmm. Ernest Ross was another that Kevin Keats called a big guard. So, you know, I think he likes to think of that quote unquote four position as the big guard role. And when you had DJ Funderburk in that position last year, it kind of changes the way NC State has to play because DJ Funderburk is not a big guard. He's <laughs> he's a he's a he's a small big man is what he yeah. is. And you know, you, you had two big men on the court. For most of uh, most of the ACC stretch last year, after Devin Daniels went down, NC State had to play a way that it doesn't necessarily like to do under Kevin Keats. I think this roster fits much more along the lines of what Keats wants to do, which is have four guys on the court that are capable of bringing the ball up the court, capable of being you know guard-like players, and then a big guy that can be a rim runner like a Manny Bates, a shot blocker. Hopefully Manny Bates has been working on his rebounding. I asked him what he's been working on the most this offseason. He said it's been his shooting, which makes me a little nervous. said he's been taking some shots from, from the perimeter, and uh, we joked because after the Virginia upset last year, NC State's best win of last year, only team in the ACC to go up to Charlottesville and get a win, Kevin Keats was joking, next thing I got to do is make Manny Bates a three-point shooter like uh, Jay Huff. So I guess Kevin Keats wasn't lying about that. We'll see. But if Manny Bates can knock down the 15-footer every once in a while, it's definitely going to make him a tougher player to guard. And maybe that helps with his free-throw shooting, although he's not a bad free-throw shooter for a big guy uh, even last season. So, yeah, I mean, I think – I think there's room for excitement about this NC State team. We're going to learn a lot in the non-conference slate. It's a much better non-conference slate than NC State had last year, so we won't you know, be due for a surprise, I think, when it gets to ACC season. But um, it's hard to get too, too pumped up about basketball when the football team's rolling like it is right now and, and the football team just beat Clemson. So let's see the football season through. We'll have more basketball content as we get closer to the season in November. Um, but that'll do it for us. Oh, one last thing, Matt. You didn't remind me, but I reminded myself before we closed out here. The last podcast, we got so excited about that Clemson win that we forgot to give out game balls um, in the Post Game Reflections podcast, which you should go back and listen to if you haven't already. But we'll, we'll, let's go before we leave here, let's go ahead and give our game balls for the Clemson game. Uh, I know the team gave game balls to everyone. <laughs> Every everyone got a game ball uh, for last Saturday, but let's pick uh, let's pick a couple players w- that we'll give our Wolfpacker game balls to. Yeah, that's um. Feel like it could be somebody on defense, but uh, you know, Mecca Medley makes a strong case. Um, a lot of good candidates, man. A lot of good candidates yeah. from last week. I'll give it to Mecca Medley just because his ability to make those catches, find a soft spot to Jones. Made an incredible touchdown catch. Um, you, know, you end up over 100 yards receiving against Clemson. You, know, you might be able to count on a couple of fingers who pulled that off against Clemson defensive backs this year. So I'll give it to Mecca, I imagine. Good pick. 
it means that I'm not going to pick the guy I had in mind, which was Devin Leary, and he had a phenomenal performance, and I think he's worthy of a game ball. I thought it was completely appropriate of the coaching staff to give game balls to everybody because it took a complete performance to beat that Clemson team. Um, but I am going to give it to somebody on the on the defensive side uh, just because the defense played so well. And Let me give it to Corey Durden, the guy that didn't get any respect from the league. What, what was it? It was Emeka Mezzi, um, Iki Kwan Yu, and Devin Leary were the ACC performance, performers of the week for their respective positions. But no Corey Durden mentioned. What do you have? One and a half sacks? He was a big force on the defensive line, particularly in the absence of starting nose tackle C.J. Clark, who we now know is out for the season. That's now the third Wolfpack defensive starter that is out for the season. Something to monitor as we go on about this season. But, yeah, I'll give it to Corey Durden because, uh, look, you could make the case for Drake Thomas. You could make the case for Isaiah Moore um, on the defensive side of the ball. But... The fact that Corey Durden didn't get an ACC Performer of the Week yeah. accolade, got to give him the Wolfpack a game ball. So at least he gets one award. Um, you know, maybe we'll get the NC State football uh, Twitter handle to tweet that out. We, you know, I see all these graphics for the Devin Leary, you know, Walter Camp Player of the Week award. Why not a Wolfpacker game ball uh, graphic? You know, I don't know if we're quite of that stature. Oh, okay. We just got to change our name up to something that sounds a little bit more national, and then we'll get featured. Um, Okay, reminders for the listeners at home. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can always stream us on thewolfpacker.com. You can also watch this uh, podcast on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. As I said earlier on in this episode, we are very close to reaching our goal you guys have done a phenomenal job of subscribing, answering the call when I ask you to subscribe. So please continue to do that. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our Wolfpacker YouTube channel. We are so, so close to our 1,000 subscriber goal. When we get there, maybe we'll have a surprise for you. Matt and I will just have to think about what that could be. Um, use <coughs> promo code RIVALS30 at thewolfpacker.com. Free 30-day trial on all of our premium content news and analysis. And give us a follow on social media. You can follow our main account, at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally, at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack, on thewolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.